I was riding my horse near Valentine. Hello and welcome to... Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I'll save it. Don't You're worry riding about it. a horse? I was riding You're my... riding a horse? I was riding my horse near the town of Valentine. And I spotted a giant pool of blood. So... Naturally. I got off my horse. And I walked over to the giant pool of blood and there were body parts strewn about. I thought that was very also interesting. Naturally. And then I noticed that there was a trail of blood, so I started following the trail of blood. And I had to follow it for a real long time. It was a very long trail of blood. But eventually it led to a big boulder where someone had strung up a human torso. I'm assuming a piece of the other part of the other pieces of body that I'd found. And then next to the torso, written in blood, was uh, now do you see with a big question mark. Um, and then next to the big boulder was a rock and on top of the rock was a severed head and in the severed head was a piece of paper. So I looked at the piece of paper and it was one like fifth of a map. I believe the word you're looking for is anyway. Welcome to the Damage Control Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the most, here's John. Well, Ryan, you surprise me as both a gentleman and a scholar. Well, John, it's a new year, and I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to be nice. Speaking of it being a new year, we've got our favorite movies of 2018, our biggest surprises and disappointments of 2018, and a look ahead at what we're most looking forward to in 2019. But first, John has what is sure to be a stimulating and meaningful story about Costco. That sounded like sarcasm, and no, I don't appreciate it's not. it. I'm excited to hear about Costco. Also, the story itself is not about Costco. But first, I have to ask <clears throat> if you're efforting to be nicer. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm not implicated in that, right? Like, I don't also have to be nice. No, this is my own This is my own thing. Because part of my appeal on the podcast is that I am occasionally mean, spirited. Yeah. In a jokey, kind of fun-loving oh, way. Oh, is it joking and fun-loving? Usually. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really trying to cut deep. Mm. I want to see you bleed. No, but this could uh, this could have negative ramifications for the show. I don't know if I support your decision to be nice. Well, we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, I bet we don't make it 30 minutes through this episode without you becoming the regular old son of bitch that I know and love. <laughs> it's very possible that I will devolve rapidly. I, I tend to bring out the best in you. <laughs> that I know to be true. It's true. What the hell happened at it's Costco? part of our charm. Okay, so it wasn't what happened at Costco, it's what happened on the way home from Costco. And this has never happened to me uh, in my life. Wait, I have a question. Not to this extent. Okay. When you were at Costco, did you get that, like, hot dog soda $1.50 deal that they have or whatever it is? No, because, you know, hashtag keto diet, I can't have the hot dog. You could have the hot dog. 
Yeah, I don't want to walk out of Costco and the lady who's looking over my receipt also gets to watch me m- <laughs> munching down on a giant wiener. <laughs> okay, so what happened on the way home from Costco? <laughs> I don't know there'd be double fisting wieners in the Costco parking lot. Wow. Okay, so I am in my car. I'm headed home wienerless okay (laughs) okay no so i'm i am uh a couple miles probably south of denton i actually don't know where i am i'm between lewisville and denton and for those of you who don't live in the north texas region and listen to our podcast from afar that means nothing to you and that's fine but just know that i'm on a major highway an interstate headed back to my place of residence Headed north indeed Something something happens in and I'm gonna use the word cockpit because that's an accurate description of where I was in my car and it's also a word that I find humorous. So there is what sounds like a pressurized pop in my cockpit whilst there is a explosion of shards of something. Unidentified substance. And for fifteen seconds I was so incredibly confused because I'm driving and I'm driving kind of fast, you know, that happens. And my brain starts to like go all over the place to try to define what just happened. And I'm looking down. I don't have a whole lot in like my front seat, uh, but my phone is in the passenger seat. And I'm like, did my phone just explode? You know, I remember a couple of years ago where Samsung was having issues with a bunch of its phone exploding. I have an iPhone, so that wasn't a logical explanation but these are the things i'm thinking through my head like did my phone just explode what the hell was that i'm like looking i have water bottles but they're plastic and they're not pressurized for crying out loud so i have no idea and then i noticed the bottom right of my windshield on the passenger side i have been hit by some object of small size but came at such velocity that it nearly broke through the windshield. Oh, wow. Like, it got to the last little tiny layer upon further inspection. Like, I could have poked my finger through had I had a desire to. But, yeah, so, like, a huge point of impact. And, like, spider webs from there, you know, Uh as glasses want to do. And the, the impact was so violent. And there were so many tiny little shards. For one, there were shards on me. You know, it's safety glass. I'm not, like, worried. But, like, there's shards on me. And I'm still driving as I'm figuring out what happened. Like, oh, holy shit, something hit my windshield. Uh, when I get home, I, I check. Not only have shards made it to the back seat, they made it as far back as the trunk. Oh, wow. It was insane. I have, you know, like, you'd think the amount of debris, debris on the road... <laughs> It's fairly high. And, of course, like, everyone's been behind, like, a rock hauler before. And rock haulers, they have that that stupid little netting or whatever that goes over the top to, like, protect. But still, you know, we've all probably been hitting by... Hitting? Jesus. We've all probably been hit by a rock on the highway. Yeah. But at most, it causes a little tiny chip. Right? So when I called uh, my... Like, I have a protection plan... Because the, the larger narrative here is, and I've talked about it before, I have this new lease that I've had since August. And I've been very nervous about that, you know, the difference between owning my car and leasing my car. 
because you know I don't want anything bad to happen to it. I want right. to have good least luck, yeah. and so I'm freaking out. And I have a protection plan. I call them the next day. This is Monday night. I call them on Tuesday morning, <laughs> and the woman on the phone is like, "Is the chipper crack smaller than a dollar?" And I I I start laughing, and I'm like, "Well, several dollars in a row. Does that count?" Um, like it's probably less than twenty dollars. Uh, yes. So that didn't cover. It. Luckily, I guess my insurance coverage is good enough because all I had to do was pay fifty dollars rather than my five hundred dollar deductible, and uh, they replaced it. Uh, and I will say, incredibly convenient the way this works now. Like God bless modern technology and convenient conveniences because they came out to my workplace and replaced it in a matter of like 45 minutes it was incredible i didn't have to go anywhere they came to me yeah they can also they're like we know that guy he's (laughs) he's important he is the host of a z-list former geek media podcast they also uh oftentimes can save and reapply your stickers for you which is pretty magical oh yeah no i asked him i was like hey do i need to take all my stickers off you know because i have uh, my registration sticker and then a parking sticker and then a toll tag he's like oh no i'll take care of all that and he even vacuumed my car for me got up all those shards i'd been putting off i like it was a couple days between the incident where i was hit by a small meteor and when i had the glass replaced and so i was just driving around with glass in my car because i didn't want to vacuum it up i don't want to break my shitty vacuum hmm. you know there's harrowing there's man. a bigger point here that you're missing there's always a bigger point that I'm missing. If this somehow comes back to I don't know hot pockets or my lack of no. ability to plan things, no, no, then no, no, I'm no. going to murder you. You you got hit by some kind of projectile on the road that was that was on the road and it was near you at a particular instance in time and space. Indeed, and if all you, these if, things are true, if you had not been in that particular place at that particular time yes, your windshield would not have been hit by the projectile this is true if you had stopped to bear back a hot dog you this wouldn't have happened <laughs> if i had just taken five minutes to deep throw a hot dog yes. in the parking lot yes i would never have had to deal with this to make matters worse i was in that area of town in the evening for for a work engagement for something i had to do for work so i blame work and Costco. It is work's fault. They're both to blame. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They share equal responsibility. But it was. It was harrowing. Uh, I have pictures. That it's it's surprising the uh, the impact. And I'm just, I'm amazed that that's never happened to me before. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. I've, uh, I, you know, I've had chips from rocks and stuff. But the worst I ever had it was when a bird flew through my windshield when I was going 85 miles an hour on Ooh. that magical toll road that goes around Austin that lets you go 85 yeah yeah it was a big old turkey buzzard it was not pretty i'm gonna wager a guess that that turkey buzzard did not survive <laughs> he, he, the didn't, experience. he didn't make it the dumbass bird died like he deserved That's too bad yeah of course yeah it's his own fault it is I, the thing is like i i want to know i i still don't know what hit me i could have been shot that's that uh, i obviously you wasn't because i would have found i would have found the bullet somewhere in my car i would assume but you know it's a mystery. I'm sure it was and just a rock. was I deliberately targeted? Oh, you know, with yes. someone like, there's that son of a gun. <laughs> Who are my list of enemies? I got to start thinking it through. You're 
probably number one on that list, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I was in the area Monday night. I was in Denton. Uh, I could have staked it out. And made sure that there was an object in a road that the car in front of me was going to kick back at right. high velocity. Yes. It requires a lot of planning and kind of, uh, you know, physics that you can't quite nail down. So good for you. Thanks. Anyway, that was my harrowing adventure coming back from Costco, but it's all fine now. I'm good. I'm just $50 poor, and I've learned a thing about life and stuff. Trail off. Speaking of, of uh, learning things about life and other stuff, um, those of you that are listening to the Damage Control podcast, uh, you are treated uh, semi-sort of weekly to uh, all kinds of life lessons and wisdom uh, from uh-huh. yours truly and John, and uh, yes. were you to want to reward us charge, for no less. yes, and were you want to, would you want to reward us for that a a, a rate and a review in the Apple Podcasts app would be delightful, uh, and you should also hit subscribe if you haven't done that yet because if you haven't, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, all right, after the break, uh, we are going to start the countdown of our favorite movies of 2018 very excited about this let's do it the word you're looking for is anyway (laughs) all right john uh why don't you get us started do you want to alternate like you do your number 10 i'll do my number 10 we'll go back and forth like that yeah that's fine all right we'll do that and if it doesn't work we'll you know we'll do figure it out else. yeah we'll call an audible and do something else so what's yeah what? the thought here is that we're running through our top tens but we're breaking up in half so that way at some point i can use the top five showdown sounder which hasn't been used in probably a good calendar year or so <laughs> yes i forgot i was supposed to say something about top five showdown but we're gonna do four four top downs we're gonna do four top five showdowns kind of but i i I don't think i'll use the sounder four times because that's just excessive it is you know i don't don't need to go that far at number 10 uh and this is almost kind of in an honorable mention category but i'm i'm leaving it at 10 just for its current relevance and it technically did come out at the end of 2018 at number 10 i have the internet phenomenon known as bird box really i do yeah no i mean i enjoyed it enough uh and yeah i mean it's obviously top of mind so there's some recency bias going on but i think it's relevant and i think it's worthy of some kind of distinction here you know like it it is obviously the most talked about movie netflix has ever put out uh and it's it's standing the test of time i mean like it's insane. I don't know if finally the the memes have made it to your side of the interwebs. They have, but but uh, it's it's getting to the point where I'm I'm more than annoyed uh, from seeing all of them, <laughs> and some of them are just plain not funny. But uh, no, I thought this was good. I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie. We talked about it last episode, so if you want to hear our thoughts on that, Bumblebee and Bandersnatch, because we were doing an alliteration thing. Go back and listen to that. But yeah, I mean, I did. I, I really did like it. I thought it was thrilling and fun and um, worth uh, worth a 10 spot. Excellent. Uh, well, my number 10 of the year is John Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Uh, At number 10? This num- is an outrage. Number 10. Oh, th- you're going to be outraged by a lot of my list, John. Ugh. Yeah. But no, A Quiet Place going all the way back to March, I think it was, of this year. And, man, A Quiet Place was so good. I think April. 
Okay. I apologize. Spoiling hairs um, here. It's important. <laughs> uh, but A Quiet Place was just a really incredible experience in the theater. It's a hell of a film. Uh, I watched it late summer with my parents, and they really liked it. And uh, I'm, I'm just a little bit sad that it's not um, getting any kind of awards uh, attention. I, I would imagine it'll be up for the technical awards for sound mixing and sound editing. Uh, but I really think the performances are also very good. But uh, yeah, that, that's my number 10. I really liked A Quiet Place quite a bit. Well, you've started off by disappointing me, so congratulations. It's no just problem. too low. That's too low. I hope Jim busts into your apartment right now and gives you a good slapping. <laughs> I would welcome about it. The f- <laughs> about the neck, face, and head. Hmm. Okay, at number nine. I have, I don't know. Okay, listen, I'm going to say this. In 2018, I feel like I saw less movies. I saw a lot of movies, but I saw less because of, uh, well, the sinking ship that is still not completely sunk movie pass. So I just, I mean, I still had my movie pass for for a good bit of 2018. I can't remember when I canceled it, but it was going through its issues where I couldn't see things, you know, like where it limited the showings to like 8 in the morning and 10 at night and it was movies no one cared about and stuff. So I just didn't get to use my movie pass as much. And I feel like I saw less movies. Some of the movies that I probably would include in my top ten. So actually making my top ten list was kind of hard. So Wait, nine. There was resistance. You didn't want to do it. Uh, it, well, a little show secret if you want to peek behind the curtain. I didn't make it until this morning. So despite the <laughs> fact that we were going to record this episode last week... Nice. And even before that, we could have included in the week before. I still waited until the very last minute to do this because why not? At number nine, I have the return of Halloween. Oh, okay. Which I know is probably a surprising inclusion, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. And it was just, <clears throat> excuse me, it was fun um, to go back and watch the original, which I had not seen in a very long time. And then kind of follow it up uh, shortly thereafter with the release of the newest one. And I thought it was just really good. Uh, it's been a while. I have not revisited it. I probably won't until next Halloween time, which I'm already longing for. But uh, no, I think uh, I thought it was good. It was fairly well reviewed as well. I think it's still in like the high 80s on Rotten Tomatoes. So good for it. Awesome. Good for Jamie Lee. It's a cool pick. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. You don't have to tell me. I know. <laughs> My number nine, it might come as a little bit of a surprise to you, John, because while I uh, rated it favorably when we reviewed it, I wasn't uh, like uh, totally in love with it, but I've seen it several times since it came out, and it's only grown in my estimation since then. Number nine is Alex Garland's Annihilation. Uh, this was the movie with Natalie Portman and uh, a whole cast of characters that go into the shimmer uh, and yeah I just I've seen it I think at least three times since we reviewed it maybe more I've started using it in my class I teach with this film now um, and it's yeah. just uh, it's just every time I watch it I get something new from it it's like beautiful and scary and uh, the acting is all really good the performances are terrific so yeah number nine Annihilation. That movie might um, find its way onto my list Ooh. as well at some point. Although I have not gone back to watch it. Uh, I was at a, a store of some kind. Perhaps it was Costco. Anyway, I was looking at Blu-rays. I was like, what do I need here? Oh, no, I was at Best Buy. I'm just combing through the Blu-rays. They're in the back 
corner of the store now. No one cares about hard copy movies, I suppose. So I was looking at things to see if, like, okay, what do I need to buy? What has come out that I haven't purchased yet? And I kept looking at Annihilation. Like, I would, I would, I could stand to watch that again. Anyway, at number eight for me, I cheated Ryan because uh, you know it's what I do. I have a tie here in the eighth spot with Deadpool two and Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay, both were highly anticipated sequels uh, of franchises that I enjoy. Both were good, but not great. Ant-Man probably slightly edges out Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 was a lot of, like, I don't know, self-gratifying jokes about itself. I, that was confusing, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's not a great movie, but there's enough, there's an, there are enough bits in it that I enjoy it. And, of course, it features a, a character that I greatly appreciate, so that was good. I have also not gone back to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, despite having purchased the Blu-ray. Um, but I enjoyed it enough as well. So, yeah, they're tied. They're both not great, but they're okay. Very cool. Awesome. Um, my number eight is the documentary by Bing Liu called Minding the Gap, which I've already talked about on the podcast before. Uh, this is available on Hulu to stream for free if you have a Hulu subscription. And I would just highly recommend it as, you know, it, it looks like it's just going to be like a skateboard documentary, uh, but it's so much more than that. It has lots of layers, and uh, it's it's a really, like, human, uh, emotional film. Um, highly recommend Minding the Gap. Thank you for not talking about it in more detail, because, you know, we've heard it. Right. We've heard it all before. Yeah. Uh, it might surprise you to know, Ryan, and I'm sure this is on your list, but higher up. That at number seven, I also have a documentary. Ooh. Because I'm not just a nerd. <laughs> I'm someone who appreciates life, and I like to be educated and entertained. So very fittingly, at number seven, I have Won't You Be My Neighbor. Nice. Now, I know that in the follow-up to this... I came out slightly critical he did. of Fred Rogers because he does give me slightly, to some degree, a creepy vibe. But this was still very good, very uh, heartwarming and moving and necessary in the dumpster fire that was the year 2018. One year, a dumpster fire in a series of dumpster fire years. But anyway, we needed this movie and a lot of people watched it and liked it. And it certainly deserves a spot in the top ten because it was really, really good. Awesome! Yeah, that one actually didn't end up making my top ten, but it, 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 it is in my it is in my honorable Mind mentions. The Gap did, yeah, but Mr. Rogers did it. Minding the Gap is a much better film than Won't Be My Neighbor. It's not necessarily it's not it's not a bad film. It's very, 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 very good. Minding the Gap is better, in my estimation. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, my number we're on number seven, right? Yeah, my number seven is Barry Jenkins' If Beale Street Could Talk, also a film I talked about, I believe the last episode we recorded, uh, so I won't go into too much detail, but it's one of, it's like probably the best love story of the year. It's beautifully shot, it's got amazing music and performances that are just excellent. Uh, I highly recommend this one, of course, as well. That's If Beale Street Could Talk. Okay, I saw that on some year-end lists. It just came out, right? Yeah, it's a few weeks ago. Yeah, end of the year. Okay, okay. So that feels cheating to have it this high up, but that's fine. 
Well, I mean, it's, I don't know is, why it feels like not cheating. A I mean, chronological. We list. make it's, up the rules. <laughs> it's ranked by what I thought was the best. None of it really matters. Right. All right. Number uh, six. And num- at number six, to finish out the bottom half of my top ten for the year, I don't know. I thought about this for a while, and this is where I put Annihilation. I can't give you a whole lot of reason for that. I don't remember how I reviewed this movie, but I feel like we had a lot of good discussion from yeah. it, and it was, yeah. it was mind-bending and thought-provoking, and the imagery was pretty cool. It wasn't in the end the most satisfying experience and it turned into more of a creature feature than i think either of us had anticipated but it was still really good and i do need to rewatch it and it made so little money shocking shockingly little money and i think natalie portman is a really talented actress and i thought she did a good job but didn't get a whole lot of uh, acclaim for it but i thought this was a solid movie awesome very cool, man. You're um, welcome. All right, so my number six. I have a feeling John's not going to be very pleased with this. I uh, haven't been for most of this list <laughs> on your on your behalf. Uh, my number six is Black Panther. Um, no, that's fine. Oh, okay. Why would I be mad about that? Because it's not higher. Yeah. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, I think Black Panther is uh, one of the best movies of the year. I think it's uh, the best MCU film to date. Uh, it's really, no. really good. I just rewatched it a couple of weeks ago with my dad, and I'm also working on a new assignment for my class uh, where they have to make Instagram stories. And I wanted to make yeah, you talked about it. Yeah, I wanted to make some examples for them so they could sort of see what I'm talking about. And I spent some time making an Instagram story yesterday uh, about Black Panther. I didn't put it on my Instagram. I actually made it in Google Slides. Uh, but uh, yeah, that movie is just so like rich and layered and. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, his performance and the way that character is written is just phenomenal. So yeah, I, I just like have nothing but praise for for Black Panther. Well, good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, no, it certainly deserves a spot in your top ten. Uh, I still, I mean, I still, and I will, I will say more when it comes to that point of my list. I still don't think it's a perfect movie. Uh, I think it's getting an important bump for significance. It's still a very good movie, but it's but uh, it's it's not it's not perfect, hmm. and maybe that's a stupid stupid well, statement because I wouldn't say it's perfect either. Perfect. I mean, it's, it it has a couple little issues here and there, but it's yeah. uh, in terms of the, the in the scope of uh, or the 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 context of the MCU, it's one of the best of those, if not the best. Yeah, I can't call it the best, okay. but uh, then again, my my MCU. Uh, you know, overall ranking, it's very muddy now. It's very hard to distinguish how I feel about one over another. Well, and it's it's really up, it's really hard to rank order eighteen of anything. You know, no, sure, but I mean, even my top five, which I felt very confident about for a long time, now it's muddy. You know, like because Avengers was always number one, just because that was the first time we saw that many people on screen, and it was awesome. But now it's like, can I really hold Avengers up to the same standards of like Infinity War? I don't think I can. Right. But you know, whatever. All right. Cool. Let's well, get to the let's get to the top half. Yeah. Well, do you want to? Are you gonna do? You are you gonna put a break in between the ten through six and the top five? Well, yeah, because now we're getting into the actual top <laughs> five showdown. Well, then coming up on the other side of the break will be our top five films of 2018. And now it's time for the top five showdown. Once again, here are your hosts, John and Ryan. 
All right, John. What's Thanks, your, Dad. <laughs> what's your number five? That wasn't you, by the way. My dad recorded that sounder, and then I modulated his oh, voice. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Number five. All right. Number five. This is where I have Mission Impossible Fallout. It's criminally low. <laughs> so says you, Mr. A Quiet Place at number 10. Uh, I think it's. I think I would probably feel stronger about it if it were a part of a franchise that I had a stronger attachment to. You know, like, and, and we talked about this as we approached a review. Uh, Fallout. I went back and I think I watched most. No, I watched all of them. And like as as much fun as I have while watching them, it's still not like, you know. Like I I saw the Blu-ray collection in stores and I was like, do I need that? And and it was an easy thing to talk myself out of. Like I was looking for an excuse to spend the money. Right, my debit card was burning a hole in my wallet, and I still had no reason to do it. That's so like I know. Too bad. Yeah, people have a love for that franchise, and I think it's great, and I think Tom Cruise is great. I think there's some really good movies in there, and I love the first one because it reminds me of a simpler time. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the only reason why it's at five, but it's at five. It's in my top five movies of the year. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, well, my number five is uh, Yorgos Lanthimos' uh, most recent film called The Favorite. Stars Emma. Is, I'm so bored. Oh when my you god! You have to say names like that, and we get all fancy art house. We just lost half our listening audience. Yorgos Lanthimos is a fun name to say. Say it. Say it. No, I, I don't know what it sounds like. You said yogurt, phantom. <laughs> Your Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos. That yeah. sounds like a name you just made up. It's like not. If you were, you just rolled for a D and D character, and you're like, hmm, <laughs> what should I name this wizard? Yogurt oh, Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos should be the name of my next horse in Red Dead Redemption 2. That would be fun. Um, Once Larry inevitably like runs off a cliff. <laughs> yes. Because he's an idiot. He is an idiot. Anyway, The Favorite is uh, a really incredible film. Again, one I've talked about here before, but uh, it's a sort of a palace intrigue costume drama starring Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, and Olivia Coleman. Those three performances are really good. Olivia Coleman in particular and just the, the script and the way it's shot, it's just a really phenomenal film. It's really funny and tense. Uh, it, even if that's not typically your kind of movie, costume dramas, I really think every, it kind of is appealing to a whole range of people just because it's so damn good. Uh, so, yeah, I would highly recommend checking it out. All right. There you have it. A wholehearted recommendation there you go. from Ryan, film guy. All right, from four to one is where shit gets serious, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay? It's where things get real. Uh, at number four, I have Chappaquiddick. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have Chappaquiddick. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, John. Good one. No, okay. I did I did watch Chappaquiddick. And if you'll remember, I did go on a bit of a Kennedy trip this year, yeah. or in 2018. I watched several Kennedy-related drama uh, documentaries, including a good one about Bobby Kennedy on a series on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's like Bobby Kennedy but, should run for president or something, right? Something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, I did watch Chavaquiddick. It was fine. Uh, no, at number four, this is where I have a, a recent movie. I think it was my most anticipated movie of 2018, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, more people need to see this. 
because it's done well, but I wanted it to do better uh, in terms of its box office returns because it is just one of the most like innovative and cool and fun movie watching experiences I've had and I still have only seen it once I haven't made it back for a second viewing but this is a movie I I don't know like it just it was so cool to watch it was a good story it was a story that had like multiple characters which it had an ensemble cast including a bunch of people uh from from the spider-verse that you've never heard of if you don't read comic books and yet there was just uh something so approachable about it and it was a good spider-man story when we've had so many spider-man stories it found a way to be fresh and it was funny and jake johnson is my spirit animal in all respects in every movie he's done and uh, i just loved it so if you haven't seen it what is stopping you okay get on your horse gobble down some wieners and go see this movie before it's out of the theaters because i think seeing it on a big screen would be worthwhile Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think putting that at your number four, like, that's the perfect place for that movie. I'm so glad you put it there because yeah. I also put... It shows restraint. <laughs> it does. I also put Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as my number four movie of the year. Nice. Yeah. Wow, we agreed on something. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I thought about putting uh, Yogurt Lanthimon's uh, movie also at number five, but I, mm-hmm. I remembered about Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I think I, I can't wait to see it again. I really want to catch it on the big screen one more time. Uh, it's like it's just so funny, and uh, it's got a, a like a story that's kind of fresh and new, even though it's playing around with um, origin story tropes and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a really a really neat take on Spider Man, and um, I'm really excited to see it again, and I'm really excited to see a sequel uh, if that it does indeed happen, and I'm excited to see. Um, you know, filmmakers use this. It's like a whole new style of animation they invented for this film. With they had yeah. to write their own software, they had to make new technology to do it. And I'm excited to see more films sort of uh, take on this aesthetic. I think it's really neat. Yeah, and it was you know like it was the perfect way to to capture the the spirit, the essence of the comic book experience, uh, but make a really like worthwhile film out of it. And that's just cool. And and I and I hope. Uh, we can do more with that and, and bring out more characters. And I'm curious to see what they do with the sequel because I think that's already been announced. Yeah. But I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and plus, it led to a very humorous moment on the podcast that uh, even if you never brought it up, I'll never forget it. Uh, and that it was me confusing current uh, Trump administration chief of staff Nick Mulvaney and uh, actor and comedian John Mulaney. <laughs> I had me confuse those two people, which that's the first time that's, in all of history ever that that's ever happened. <laughs> Just names. Names are tough. All right, John, we're getting into the top three. This is big business. Yes, we are. And this is where it gets serious, Ryan. This is where it gets real. All I know right. I said it was at number four, but it's even more serious and more real now. It's a quarter more serious now than it was at number yeah, four. Yeah, at this point... The top three for me were were well decided. You know, like I I knew I had to think about where I was going to put Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. Of my top four, it was the one I had seen the least because moving from three to one, I've seen these movies more than twice for each. Okay? Got it. But but at number three is where I have Black Panther. Okay. Okay? It was great. 
it was meaningful and significant for for what it was uh and you know at the time that it came out it feels like a million years ago which is strange it was last february it was nearly a year ago but it was it was really good uh and you know it, it introduced a new side of i mean i i know he had appeared in uh captain america civil war um but it was just really exciting to see the world of wakanda and just how colorful it was and you know like it was more than just setting up things that were going to happen in infinity war although there's some of that going on um and you know truth be told nothing against chadwick boseman but you had two characters one a major one and one a minor one that to me stole the show uh maybe three you know like uh, uh michael b jordan obviously he he became i think he set the high water mark for villains in the mcu yeah you know like and i don't i don't i don't know if it's close in terms of like relatability and sympathy you know like he was incredible and some of his monologues uh in that are amazing they're like moments where when you watch it there's that moment in gladiator i don't know if you like gladiator i sure hope you do because i like that movie quite a bit i do like gladiator. you know when when he gives the the speech uh on the coliseum floor about like you know husband of a murder wife father of a murdered son blah 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 that's one of those speeches that is so moving to me that i will rewind and rewatch it several times over because i'm like fired up every freaking time i hear it uh some of michael b jordan's like moments where he kind of goes off in black panther are moments like that for me uh there's one of like the king's chamber that i'm thinking of uh and it's so good uh so yeah you have him you have uh winston duke who played mbaku mm-hmm. it was like just so much Ooh. fun and like does he doesn't spend a lot of time on camera but he dominates that performance and is just like uh so captivating and fun to watch he steals the show and then of course Letitia Wright is also very good so it's a great cast and it was so like uh wonderfully done and stuff and yeah it's it's obviously a standout of 2018 and what's cool is it's probably a standout for non-comic book fans too you know like people that are not like me that don't automatically go see every superhero movie that comes out right yeah no I mean it was a phenomenon in 2018 uh and I'm really really curious to see uh, it's place at the Oscars, you know? Um, yeah. I think <clears throat> it's probably a lock for a Best Picture nomination. It will be a big deal if it doesn't get nominated for Best Picture. Okay. Because um, they nominate so many, right? What is well, it, like and 12 just also, or something ridiculous? Yeah, it's just also a very highly regarded film. Like, people really, sure. really like it. Uh, so if it, if it, for whatever reason, it does not uh, get one of the... It's, it's at least 10. I'm sorry, it's up to 10, max 10. Sometimes it's less than 10. The rules are weird. Sometimes it'll be like 8 or 9. But... Uh, uh, I'm really curious to see, um, you know, that it does get nominated or if, I guess. And then if it wins, I think there's a real chance it could win Best Picture. And I think that would be really interesting um, in Hollywood. So, yeah, I think yeah. I think people's brains would explode, you know, <laughs> both people who would be very excited about that. And, you know, like what that means for a movie like that to win, but also for people who hate superhero movies and want to see them fail and go away. So, right. um, but yeah, super good. Awesome. Um, well, my number three movie of the year is Spike Lee's Black Klansman. Uh, this, okay. is a, this is a movie that came out um, earlier in the year. I think it was over the summer. Uh, it takes place in the 1970s based on a true story about uh, a guy named Ron Stallworth, who was the first black detective in Colorado Springs, Colorado's police department. 
And uh, over the phone, he was able to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, but he needed to start attending meetings, and as a black man, he could not go to KKK meetings, so he recruited another officer, a white officer, in this case played by Adam Driver, uh, to be him kind of in person. So John David Washington plays Ron Stallworth. Uh, He's phenomenal in the film. Adam Driver is also very good. Adam Driver is always really good. He continues that here. And then Topher Grace plays David Duke, the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, and he's really, really good in the role. Uh, this is just like a really, really, it's like, it's a funny movie. It's tense. It's kind of a thriller. Um, but it's, it also is, is like I said, it's very funny. It's super relevant to what's going on in the world today. Uh, and it's some of Spike Lee's best work in years, probably his best work in at least a decade. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to see Black Klansman, it's available for rent on all the usual VOD platforms. Would highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's a phenomenal film. And it is not included in my list because I, st- I still have not seen it. You haven't so. seen it, right? <laughs> right, correct. Yeah, so yeah. eventually I will, yeah. probably. I, as I was running through the list of like wide releases for the year, there were a bunch that are like, okay, I have no excuse there. That, Crazy Rich Asians, for example, um, movies that I know I should have seen that I just haven't yet. So, my bad. Yeah. All right. Number two, John. What's your number in two? In my runner-up spot, okay, the silver medal. And this is tough for me, okay? And this will be a dead giveaway, I think, for what my number one is, and that's fine. But at number two, the biggest movie I have ever seen, Avengers Infinity War, okay? It was tough not to put it at number one. It caused me some pain, some consternation. I was constipated for days, just days. I had more to do with the cheese. I, I'm kidding. I, I wasn't. Kind of, I don't know where I'm going with all this. I was trying to do a funny build up to. Wow. Uh, anyway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's so good, and it's crazy how like the the size of it, the scope. Um, it's trying to do so much, but I think, and I, I talked about this. I it must have been last time. I think, but how amazingly well balanced it is, which I think is like thematically fitting because Thanos has that whole. I mean, his whole thing is balance in the universe, and he has that little speech he talks to when he's talking to uh, Tiny Tiny Gamora, uh, and he's balancing the knife on his finger and stuff. And I think like it's very representational of the movie itself. It's just very well balanced, despite all the many parts and characters and uh, kind of narrative threads. Although it's the same thread throughout, but it's just all these disparate elements kind of coming together. Uh, and it it's one of the few superhero movies that ends uh, with your heroes getting beat and it, it's left us all hanging and we all want to know and it's it, it sparks so many like memes and stuff which I think is not necessarily always like a sign of a really great movie but uh, just its resonance in you know as a cultural phenomenon I think is also noteworthy but it's just really good and it was the culmination of so many things and we're still not done and I'm very excited awesome yeah, I knew it would be yeah. on your list. I'm surprised it's not your number one. Well, um, I figured you would be. Yeah. I figured most people would be. Yeah. But it, it was great. And, you know, it's. I think there's movies where you hold on to your reaction in the theater. Um, and, and that reaction is significant and kind of continue, continues to play some role in, in your thoughts on the thing. But, like, I just remember being so floored, you know, as I'm watching it. And just my reaction when it was over. And, like you know picking my jaw up off the ground and like trying to steady myself and really think through my thoughts you know i'm glad i saw it by myself because I, I don't know if i would have been able to talk to anyone i was with hmm. so 
Yeah. Interesting. There you have it. Awesome. Uh, well, my number two movie of the year is Ari Aster's Hereditary. Um, mm, this is blasphemous. <laughs> I can't believe you did this. Why? Number two. Number two, dude. It's so good. I've seen it twice. Um, I went into it with... It's ins- not a movie you should watch more than once. I went into it with insanely high expectations. Higher than I should really have for any movie. You know, like... Especially a horror movie. Yeah, just the ex- you, gotta, you gotta temper your expectations. You know, the there. word going in was this, this movie was so scary it might ruin your life. And there's no movie that can live up to the, those kind of expectations. That's that, Those are the terms I was talking about it in. Like, it looked <laughs> like a movie that could ruin my life. Right. And I thought it was just as scary and just terrifying as I thought it could be, you know? Um, I thought it was really, really scary. In particular, there's some images in the back half of the movie that are just, to this day, give me chills. Um, I think the story is really interesting, and it's exploring some themes and ideas that are just, uh, I I find fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to watching this a couple more times. I haven't had a chance to check and see if the digital release has commentary or not. I really hope it does. I'd love to watch it with the director commentary. Um, but I just thought it was tremendous. Tony Collette is really good. Anne Dowd is only in a couple of scenes, but she really, I think, probably gets the MVP um, maybe after Tony Collette just because her supporting performance is so important. And Gabriel Byrne, of course, and Millie Shapiro. There's, the whole cast is really good. I just really, really liked Hereditary a whole lot. So it is my number two movie of the year. What's great is I think I've successfully repressed most of the memories from watching it. (laughs) And I talked about how I watched it on the podcast where, you know, I was cheating. I was reading ahead. I was preparing myself mentally and physically and spiritually because that movie was disturbing. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're number one. It all comes down to this. I would say we can include like drum rolls or some kind of fanfare, but that means I have to go to the effort of actually including that and and stuff, and I don't want to. So, this is going to keep building. At number one, whereas you had it at number ten, <laughs> I have john krasinski's a quiet place in the crowd goes crazy (laughs) okay i think i have this at number one for several reasons okay one because it was kind of a lock that i would have infinity war there and i wanted to surprise people but (laughs) more than that i think it was just that this was a surprising experience for me like we had it was a movie I had been looking forward to. It was, I think, on my list of most anticipated films of 2018. But we got killed with that trailer. Like, we saw it. I saw it too many times. Like, I was get, I was starting to get annoyed with it. Uh, the, the number of times that I had seen it. And that's not anyone's fault, I guess. But they were trying to market the crap out of it. Uh, but then, tied up in this, I also got bold and included it very high for that, that season's movie wager group. Uh, I had it the highest, and of course that was good for me. I I didn't win because I never do, but <laughs> I did get a lot of points from that. Uh, and yeah, I mean it's a movie that just it shocked me how much I liked it. It was just really good, and the fact that that's his like feature film directorial debut is amazing because it's so good. And the fact that it features John Krasinski, a man that I love. Uh, but for something v- like incredibly different from this, 
doing a movie with his wife, which I think is really interesting. And it's kind of like a, a sci-fi horror type thing. And without providing a whole lot of background and explanation, like it just, it's so tense and terrifying and some, some sequences that are just like edge of your seat gripping on to anything solid, uh, like losing feeling in your fingers from gripping so tight. It's just incredible. The action and the pacing, it's all super good. And uh, some of the things they did with the, with the uh, with the audio track, with the sound, because of course, like uh, his daughter is is hearing impaired. It's just oh man, it's so good. It's so good. That's all I have to say. It's just amazing. It's awesome, a great man. Movie. No, it's great. Have you yeah. had a chance to? Have you bought it yet? I have bought it. Uh, I think I've seen it t- three times in total. I do not believe I've listened to. I've watched some of the featurettes, but I, d- I have not listened to commentary. It does I, I have. It does have commentary though. I'm fairly certain it does. Okay, yeah, I need to get that because I would love to hear his commentary on the film. It'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> awesome. All right, your turn. So uh, my number one film of the year is the film that I had the most fun with in the theater. I saw it three times in the theater. Uh, I have also watched it repeatedly, <clears throat> pardon me, at home, including with and without commentary. <laughs> uh, I've listened to probably five to six hours of podcasts about this film. Uh, and I've probably posted the same gift from the film like a bajillion times on Facebook in one context or another. Um, and so uh, my number one film of the year, I think it's perfect, is Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I just had a blast with this movie. I was absolutely floored from start to finish by the whole thing the first time I saw it. I couldn't believe what I was watching, in particular when you get to the um, skydiving sequence and then the hel- the helicopter sequence. They're just like, I mean, I, and it's weird because like I'm not, I'm not an action guy the way some people are action. Like there are some action movies that are beloved by action movie fanatics that I can't stand because they don't have any story and I get tired sure. of just action over like for the whole time. But this one, and it's insane the way it was made because they don't know the story while they're making it. It breaks every rule that I know to be true about how to make a good movie. And they, they just improvise and figure it out. It's all based on set pieces, but the set pieces are so damn good and Christopher McQuarrie, as a writer and director, is so expert at crafting character and plot through dialogue and making sure that everything he's doing is servicing the plot in one way or another and servicing character. Uh, and they're 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 um, unmerciful with themselves in the edit room that they just came out with just this incredible piece of work. It's the best movie in the franchise. Um, it's just, it's just incredible. I have nothing but high praise for Mission Impossible Fallout. And I was watching it recently with uh, the commentary track with Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise. And during the credits, all they, like, they started talking about how they think they can still do better and they're working on more. And that's insane. It is. Uh, I just can't imagine where it could go from here, but I'm sure they will do at least one or two more. (laughs) As long as they keep making money and Tom Cruise is still alive, they'll probably keep doing it. Um, yeah, and he's gonna hang glide off of Everest with his walker in his hands. I mean, <laughs> right. like it's yeah, it's almost uneclipsable at this point. Yeah, and I gotta like mention Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, is really good. She was introduced in the last one, and she continued her great work here. Henry Cavill is terrific in his role as the villain. Um, 
the whole supporting cast is very good. So, yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout, what the hell are you doing? Go watch that movie. It's so good. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Well, that does not surprise me um, that it made it to number one on your list. You, you, they had you at, at Henry Cavill and his arm guns. <laughs> right. Uh, any honorable mentions, John? You know, for this, I didn't. Um, you know, I had movies that I liked, but that just didn't feel like they belonged in the top ten. Got it. Uh, I had also in- thought about including, like, maybe some, some television properties, some streaming properties. Uh, if I were, that would give away something I'm going to talk about in the next segment. But I also probably would have included, like, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is just a great show. But, uh, no, nothing. I had no real other... Um, honorable mentions what okay about you? i have 14 <laughs> jesus H. um but i'm just gonna run through them real quick and they're listed in alphabetical order um american animals i talked about a couple weeks ago avengers infinity war i mean i love avengers infinity war it's so good it just wasn't didn't quite Wait, make my hold top on. 10 i didn't even process that that didn't even make your list it didn't no uh, how do we do a show together how's this even a thing we do uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the new Coen Brothers film that's on Netflix. Have you watched that yet, John? No. No, you should watch it. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, 8th Grade by Bo Burnham. Elvis Presley, The Searchers, a documentary on Netflix that's really terrific. Uh, uh, wait, that's not the HBO one that I that I talked about? Yeah, the HBO, that's Elvis a- Presley, The Searcher, two parts, like four hours. Yeah, you said Netflix, that's why I was correcting you. Oh, I thought I said HBO. No, you said Netflix, and you didn't give me any credit for being the person who actually watched that first. So, you know. Whatever. whatever. Uh, the Death of Stalin, First Man, First Reformed, Roma, They Shall Not Grow Old, Tully from way back at the beginning of the year, Uns- yeah. Unsane, the Steven Soderbergh iPhone movie, Steve McQueen's Widows, and Won't You Be My Neighbor. Those okay. are all my honorable mentions. There you have it. Awesome. All right, well, after okay. the after the break, uh, we're going to talk about our biggest disappointments and surprises of 2018 before we head into our most anticipated movies of 2019. Okay, I also have to contribute to the tease here. Uh, coming up next, a compromise. Oh, very good. Last night's It Seen Scratchy was, without a doubt, the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They've given you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. All right. So, John... No, no, I have to, I have to explain. I, thought, I have to wait, provide some context. You put me in control of this episode when you said that I, I did, had to do that the intro. but that doesn't mean... That, that, that doesn't mean you get to bring us back in from break every time. I think that I mean, is what it means. You can always shake that up. No, not technically. Uh, okay, so, Ryan, Mr. Positivity, who will join me in shitting on a movie if the movie warrants being shit on, uh, did not want to provide his... his most disappointing or, or his worst films of 2018, which is fine. He has principles. I will allow him to stand by his principles. I just think it's mean-spirited to go out of your way to make a list of the things you hated. That's fine. 
Sure, and I get that in this world of that we kind of tangentially participate in of movie criticism, you know, we don't want to be like the cinema sense people, and I understand that that's a lower form of commentary, and that's fine. But anyway, I was trying to think of segments, and this is dating weeks back, and Ryan and I could not come to terms. <laughs> so this segment represents a compromise in that we will both discuss our biggest disappointments of 2018, just one, and our biggest surprises of 2018 as it relates to to movies and television. Okay. That's my setup. All right. That's the context. That's important context. All right. So, do you want me to go first, and which one do you want me to do? Uh, I want you to start with the uh, biggest disappointment of 2018. Okay. Get the negative out of the way sure. first, because I know that's what you're least looking for. So, this to. was almost a tie, and I, I'm still making up my mind this very second. So, I'm okay. just going to tell you. I mentioned both. I'm just going to tell you both. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the fucking Harry Potter movie. What is it called? Um, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I can't, it's hard to say it was disappointment because I didn't think it would be very good. Uh, but it was just utter, it was terrible. It was dog shit. Yeah, it was um, so, hog shit, yeah. I believe is what I called it. <laughs> yes. The animal doesn't really matter. It, it was, it was, it was fecally related. It was. But I think I'll spend more time talking about Adam McKay's vice. Uh, which I saw last week, and it just pissed me off. Um, so if you're not familiar, Adam McKay, the director of Anchorman and other dumbass movies that I don't like. Um, Anchor movie, okay, for the record, Anchorman is not a dumbass movie. It's a classic, no, and I don't your like opinions about it are wrong. <laughs> well, he also made The Big Short a couple years ago, which was a big deal. Yeah, it got nominated for Best Picture and all kinds of stuff. And I was, it was made my top ten that year. Like, I was a fan, but I was a fan kind of in, uh, in spite of itself. I wasn't a big fan of some of the things they did, but I thought they did what they did well. Um Vice is kind of a continuation of that style, but it tells the story of Dick Cheney and how he became vice president and his influence over the Bush presidency with a performance from Christian Bale that's pretty okay. He gained a lot of weight to play Dick Cheney. Uh, They've got Amy Adams uh, as his wife and Sam Rockwell as W. And this trailer debuted like maybe a month before Christmas, like around Thanksgiving time. And it blew my socks off. I was like, wow, that looks really good. I'm really interested to see this movie. So I saw it last week and it's utter complete garbage. Um, and it's not so much that I don't, uh, I'm not like, you know, politically, you know, uh, uh, receptive to the message. I think I am receptive to the message of the film, which is, you know, Dick Cheney wasn't a very good vice president. He was power hungry. He's evil. Blah 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 blah. All that shit. It's what you would expect coming from Adam McKay. I'm 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 down to listen to a movie that's kind of about that. But the movie is so fucking heavy handed and self satisfied, and just he's just so gleeful that he's you know bestowing wisdom upon the rubes of the American people. You, it's just dripping with condescension. It's like being talked down to for two and a half hours. I hated it. It just really pissed me off. Um, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the reactions because you you texted me I think about this, and the strength of your like hatred of it surprised me because I've heard some good things, which is weird, and like it seems like the reaction has been mixed. But I've heard, I certainly have ha- heard like kind of uh, I don't know like a an interesting array of opinions about it and yours is the strongest i've heard on the dislike side yeah it's just like he he employs several visual metaphors 
that are very clunky and heavy handed. And then a, a couple of times decides to also like have a character explain to you what the visual metaphor is in case you didn't get it. Like in a breaking the fourth wall kind of way? Yeah, you know, the, the Big Short broke the fourth wall too, right? They would cut to, like, a celebrity to explain to you what, like, you know, credit the fault swaps meant or whatever, uh, you know? Okay. This movie doesn't quite do that, but it does have a narrator that talks directly to the audience, directly addresses the audience. And at one point, the narrator, ex- like, like, explains a visual metaphor to you just in case you didn't get it. Hmm. Fucking garbage. Really pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that's like I think there's probably an automatic appreciation for it from I don't know, from more uh liberal leaning individuals, right? Cuz it's highly <clears throat> critical of uh, a very contentious point in our history and a very contentious figure. Um but it also seems like if it was going to win over anyone from the right, it probably shouldn't smell like Hollywood condescension, which is what you're kind of describing. Yeah, well, and also like you know, again, I'm not unreceptive to the message. I sure. agree with some of what he has to say, and I'm happy to have someone, you know, sort of, like, challenge my ideas or whatever. Um, but also, like, it's just so smug and yet also not introducing any new information to the table. Like, it's acting like it's, you know, you know, illuminating me with all this knowledge that I didn't have before, and yet... I know all this shit. And if you've been paying attention, you would know at least most of it, if not all of it already. It's not like it's new. And they barely spend any time on him shooting someone in the face, which is also a crime. (laughs) It comes up, but it's like one minute of the film. Yeah, it was featured in the trailer, right? So you would think it would feature heavily in the movie. Yeah, well, I once dressed up as Dick Cheney wearing a hunting outfit and everything just because of that. So, you know, I have a strong personal connection to that anecdote. I wanted more. Indeed. Indeed. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you have it. Your blood boils <laughs> over the sight of vice. Uh, as I was making my selection for big biggest disappointment, and we have to be clear here, this is not, uh, in your case, you might be saying, that was Vice the worst movie you saw in 2018? I think... Although you saw it in 2019, did you not? I did see it in 2019, but it's a, it's okay. a 2018 movie. I'd say, sure. I mean, it's... These things are relative, right? Because I'm sure there are movies that are worst, like worse sure. from like a technical level or whatever. But right. when you look at the pedigree involved and the potential of the movie and then how awful it turned out, it feels like the worst thing I saw. Okay, that's fair. For me, I'm not necessarily going to talk about the worst movie I saw this year. Because if you'll remember, if you've been with oh, us for God. a while... We did have some debate about what would turn out to be the worst movie of the year. And Proud Mary starring Taraji P. Henson was my declaration very early on by February, I think, that it was going to be the worst movie of the year. And it had to have been among them because it was terrible. Uh, Holmes and Watson, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, was definitely one of the worst movies of the year, if not all time. It's terrible. But no, the, the, those didn't factor into my consideration. So I'm not necessarily talking about what I thought were the worst. Um, I'm talking about things that, that were highly anticipated for me and yet let me down. So I had to wade through a lot of options. Okay. Venom. I was looking forward to that to see what, what that would look like. And while I enjoyed it and was entertained by it, it wasn't good. So that was disappointing. 
<laughs> and I did develop a pretty good uh, Venom impersonation. Um, Solo, a Star Wars story, was very disappointing. A movie I like, though, and I will say that. Uh, I have since gone back and watched it, and I like it for what it is. But it was disappointing. The Nun, after falling in love with the Conjuring universe, more or less. Falling in love is probably too strong. Falling in appreciation for uh, The Nun was incredibly disappointing. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which is not surprising when you recognize what Jurassic World the first one was, which was like, I don't know, a cinematic play, a blockbuster playground where it was just like, none of the rules, they they don't really matter, but this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was fun to watch, I guess, but also just pretty. Not uh, great. uh, Yeah, pretty not great. (laughs) So the, those those uh, were things titles that I I flipped through as in my mind as I was thinking about the biggest disappointment of 2018, but for my selection I, I choose not to focus on on a on a on one title Ryan, but on a person. Okay. A, a person that I hold in pretty high regard that I have mentioned on this podcast that we will stop down and review nearly anything he does. Even when we were, when I was kind of doggedly trying to stick to our format, if he did something that was out slightly outside of uh, the geek media world, we would still review it. Okay. Because his name draws that kind of recognition. And I'm speaking of none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He is my biggest disappointment of 2018. Because I feel like if maybe, you know, this gets some play, people people uh, take note of my disappointment, maybe it'll it'll be a, kind of a reckoning for him, you know? Maybe it'll have consequences. John like, Bartlett you know, in Denton, Texas was disappointed in, Denton, in you this Texas, year. <laughs> the Z-List Geek Media Podcast host is frustrated with my film selection uh, and my performances. Because, okay, in 2017... He finished the year in in decent fashion with Jumanji, which, listen, wasn't perfect, but it was fun. It was fun. His performance was 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 good. He was funny. He had good. Uh, there was some good chemistry. It was a fun movie to watch. I give it that. So, and it made a crap ton of money. It was a surprise. It made more money than I think any of us were anticipating. Okay, so he ended 2017 on a high note. But then, in short succession, we get Rampage. Which I liked. Which is asinine, but that's fine. (laughs) We get Rampage, and then, months later, if that, we get Skyscraper. Yeah, that was not good. Which you you did not like, because no one could have. So... Listen, I, I was reading in a book. Uh, it's a book called Finished by John Acuff, if you're familiar. Uh, I'm trying to finish my first book of 2019, and it's a book about finishing things that you start because <laughs> seems like there's a valuable lesson to be learned in there. <laughs> but he was sharing a story that I feel like I've heard about, about Will Smith, that when Will Smith was, like, uh, embarking on, moving on from his, like, you know, m- musical career and starting Fresh Prince... Uh, and you know, be, wanting to become a, a Hollywood actor, they he and I guess his agent, his people, I don't know, looked at like the top grossing movies at all time and tried to determine like what did they contain, 
and they wanted to make sure he was going to be, uh, you know, because Will Smith wanted to become the biggest movie star in the world, right? Which for a period of time there, and he it was. probably yeah. was, yeah. And so he looks at the at what those movies contain. What, what do people these big blockbuster hits that people go to see in droves? What what are the shared elements between them? And so this is why we see uh, him and a lot of like uh, sci-fi type adventures with with creatures and love stories and, and other things, explosions. I feel like The Rock is following a similar formula, right? He is not picky, uh, but he works with his own production company on some of this stuff, uh, and he's done movies that just suck, like S- San Andreas. No one's I like nominated. San Andreas. Uh, I th- you just have a soft spot for the, heart, or the, for the Rock, which I do too, which is fine. San Andreas is Which is, is why fine. I'm saying this. Okay, whatever. Um, I expect more from him because I've always been iffy about The Rock's acting. It is improved. He is a dynamic presence. He is the, I believe, I'm not wrong in saying he's the highest grossing actor in Hollywood. Um, he needs to do better. So this is my public service announcement to The Rock. If he smells what I'm cooking... Stop making such horrible, god-awful, no-good movies. <laughs> well, you've got to... Fa- Do better, <laughs> The Rock. Do better. He's got his Fast and Furious spinoff coming in 2019, I think. I think it's 2019, maybe 2020. Yeah, it is. No, it is this year. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously not going to factor into whether or not he is embarking on a redemption tale, because I, I won't see that because <sighs> I don't care. But you would like those movies, John. Oh, I know he's going to be in some Disney shit about, like, Riverboat Captain, and it looks stupid. So, in terms of just things that I see on his Instagram. Mm. So, I don't. I have high hopes that he recovers in 2019. Mm. All right. Um, so, that's my biggest disappointment. It's The Rock, okay? Wow. And that's the bottom line, because John said so. Okay. Uh, well, when it comes to the flip side of this, our biggest surprises, um, I think probably my biggest surprise is a TV show because I didn't even know it was coming out in 2018, and I follow this filmmaker a lot. Um, I have a feeling I'm about to steal your thunder, John. Apologize. Um, uh, But I follow this filmmaker. I've been following his career for years, and I didn't even know he was working on this. And then all of a sudden, Netflix dropped this trailer for a TV show adaptation of The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, and it was by Mike Flanagan, and it's got this amazing Mike Flanagan cast of, like, troop of actors that he uses in his movies. And I was like, oh, cool. So then it came out, and it was really, really oh, good. So good. So good. So amazing. I didn't even know it was coming, and it was the best. It was so good. I've recommended it to so many people. Even my parents watched it, and they don't usually do horror. Everybody likes this. Like, uh, it's just... Uh, I think the standout episode is, I believe it's episode six, which is the one that takes place over in the funeral house. In the funeral house, it's like a yeah. sequence of like very long takes. It's maybe mm-hmm. maybe like six shots. There's a whole thing. It's so good. The whole show. I mean, I think the scares are there and they're very good, but I also think there's really terrific character work and mm. it's a really good story about a family. Um, I haven't had a chance to rewatch any of it, but I really want to because I know there's a ton of stuff hiding in the background that I want to pay attention for. So anyway, I think that's probably my biggest surprise of 2019 was The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Yes, you did steal my thunder, but that's fine. Uh, the only other thing that I, I could think of, Bird Box was a big surprise just in terms of its, again, like it capturing uh, the the hearts and minds of, of the public. But 
uh, I am right there with you, Haunting of Hill House. I mean, because if you had told me, I think I said this when we reviewed it, that Netflix was going to release a mini series that was like uh, that was not only was it horror, but like it, every episode felt like you're watching a, a standalone horror movie. Not really standalone, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that it was going to be one of my favorite things of the year. Like, there is no way that I would have bought that. Like, not a chance. Uh, but it's it's so remarkably well done, and the story is is good, and it doesn't just rely on cheap jump scares. There are jump scares, but so much of what they do is subtle. And, like, where you talked about how you've watched probably more, like, or listened to podcasts and watched video clips or whatever – about uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I've watched so many of the like the videos on YouTube about like the background ghosts from The Haunting of Hill House because mm-hmm. there's so many that I miss and just trying to keep track of all of that and and man, it's so good. I I I know it's kind of uh a far departure from the actual book, but I do want to read the book and I'll probably hold off on that until next you know Halloween time and I probably won't rewatch the show until then either cuz it's just one of those things that I have to be in the mood for but man it was uh, it was so good and yes is one of those things that I would instantly recommend and one of the few times where just it's fun to get on like to to jump on a show right when that wave is starting to crest you know and I and I feel like I did that the time was very similar when when I first watched Stranger Things mm-hmm. Like, I'd seen a few things that people posted on Facebook, just a few people that were, like, among the first to really to catch it. And then I was like, you know what? I should watch this Stranger Things. So I, I saw a couple things about it, and then it really blew up. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I was right there in the same timing for Haunting of Hill House. And, you know, like, it's just it's a cast that has some names, you know, in, including, what is it, Carla Gugino? Carla Gugino. Right? Yeah, Elizabeth Reeser. Yeah, yeah, who I've Riser. you know I de- I developed some new crushes, uh, some new Hollywood crushes because of the show. Uh, but man, it is it is so good. It is I can't I can't speak in superlatives enough. Like it's just a really well done show. And that's the other thing. Like it's scary. Uh, there there are moments of genuine like uh, horror, right? Uh, it's got it's well uh, well cast and well like the performance are solid, but it's also just really well done from like a cinematic standpoint, right? Like just some of the things you were talking about and some of the really like technical moments of like they had to figure out how are they going to film it. And I've watched some of those featurettes on net, on YouTube, and it's it's really interesting. So man, can't talk about it enough. It's so good, awesome. Yep. All right. Well, that are those are our biggest disappointments and surprises of 2018. On the other side of the break, our most anticipated movies of 2019. To my big brother George, the richest man in town. going first you or me uh i'm happy to start okay uh 2019 just as as kind of to set set the stage here 2019 is going to be a very interesting year it looks to be the year of disney right because we have a lot of like uh remakes live action remakes and sequels coming out dumbo aladdin lion king toy story 4 i think frozen 2 toy story 4 
anyway, so it, and, and on top of that, some of the other stuff coming from Marvel and Star Wars. So it's going to be a big Disney year. That does not feature heavily in my top ten, just FYI. Okay. Um, at number ten, and I, the, I have zero wind in my sails right now to say this. I think it was up there, at least in my top five most anticipated films. Uh, no, was it? I don't know. I've talked to it. We've talked about it enough already. But uh, now that the first reviews are coming out for it, I, I, <laughs> I can't handle it, man. At number ten, I have Glass. It feels like cheating because it comes out next week, so I don't have a whole lot of time to like anticipate it. But I've been anticipating it for a while, and I am super bummed to see the reaction thus far. Okay. And you, have you been avoiding the reaction? No, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. But that's my number ten. Okay. I thought you can keep going, right? Because we're going to do... Oh, no. I thought we're going to do competing top tens here. Are we not? Are we not? I'm ha- what do you want to do? I am happy to. It just sounded like when you were producing on the fly a second ago, you wanted to just list them straight through. Yeah, but we'll, we'll alternate still. How is, it any di- just, how is it any different than how we did our I just top meant we're not going to we're not gonna uh, break it into two separate segments. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm, cool. There it is. All right, cool. There it is. On the same page. <laughs> My number 10 is a... Uh, a new adaptation of Little Women, which I know is very appealing to oh you, John. Lord. Okay, this is this is off to a poor start. Uh, but it's, the reason it's the, on my top ten uh, most anticipated is because it's directed by Greta Gerwig, uh, who directed oh. my favorite movie. Lady Bird. Uh, yeah, she directed Lady Bird. It's also got a really great cast. Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, I think Natalie... Was that like why my stupid notes app is cut off? So I can't see. Hold on, 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 hold on. Okay, you don't hold have on, to on, just keep on. saying the words okay. hold on. Yeah, I'm sorry. That doesn't help uh, the audio experience. Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet, Emma Watson, ah. Laura Dern, and Meryl Streep are in this movie. Um, Wait, Emma Watson and Saoirse Ronan are going to be in a, the same movie together? Yeah. That's That's too much feminine power right there. I can't handle <laughs> well, that. Well, it is Little Women, John. Oh, good point. Yeah, so that's my number 10. I think that would be... Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a trailer or anything, but just based on the pedigree... And I've actually never seen any of the Little Women adaptations, so I don't really even know the story other than there's, like, you know, some women in it that are probably little. Um, that's, that's I haven't really even read that book. Yeah, me, I'm me okay. either. I'm, I'm okay admitting that I'm an English major who's not read Little Women. <laughs> so there you go. That's my number 10. What's your number 9? Okay, and number 9, this was featured. This tells you a little bit about this movie. It was featured on my 2018 most anticipated list, but it's been delayed at least twice, I believe. And that is uh, New Mutants, which is the kind of... It, okay, when we first saw a trailer for it, it was like, okay, this is going to be groundbreaking. It's a superhero movie about mutants, but it's definitely going to take more of a horror bend. And I was really excited about it, but... And it features uh, one of the guys from Stranger Things, the the older brother, Jonathan. Okay. Um but like it was just it seemed refreshing that they were going to do something different but then you hear like it's troubled and they had to do like extensive reshoots like almost the whole thing um and now it's it's slated for an august release and i am still excited about it but i i have a feeling it's going to be terrible yeah the financial outlook of this movie is dire um it is richard, not good <laughs> richard my friend richard sent me an article the other day that at this point with all the reshoots the budget for the movie is up over 200 million dollars oh no <laughs> it could end up being one of like the biggest like financial disasters it ever. really could like it just 
and it's especially it's an interesting time because we're still dealing with the Fox and Disney merger and stuff. So this is among the last like Fox owned Marvel properties. And so you, you at one point it seemed like, well, this will be an interesting new direction for them to go. But this is obviously something Disney is probably not going to be interested in continuing. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, my number nine is a movie that I'm curious if it's going to end up on yours. Um, it, it features your uh, and it features and is the produced by your most like disappointed person of 2018 um, it's fighting with my family it's like a WWE movie uh, hmm. that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is producing but it's it's written and directed by Stephen Merchant who's one of the co-creators of the original office from the BBC yeah. um, he's a really funny talented guy he's been acting a little bit recently I th- I'm pretty sure this is the first movie he's directed I could be wrong but this is a story about uh, this woman in the UK who like was part of a family that was really into wrestling she and her brother both wanted to be wrestlers but then she ended up uh, getting cast, I guess, or whatever, to be a, a wrestler in the in the, in the WWE. Uh, so it's like based on a true story. Um, it's got um, what's the guy's name that we thought was in Bandersnatch? Uh, uh, Simon Pegg. Nick. Nick Frost. It's got Nick Frost in it as the dad. Uh, Dwayne Johnson plays himself in the movie. It just looks like a really sweet version of like um, uh, a league of their own, but about wrestling. <laughs> Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just think it looks really terrific and I, I really want to see it. It comes out in February. Uh, I don't think I was paying close enough attention to know that that's what that was, but that okay. sounds interesting. Yeah. It yeah, should be so right no, up your not alley. Feature on my list. Yeah. I mean, I did love wrestling. I can hear the knuckle cracking in the background. We talked about this. Yeah, It's like the third time it's happened this episode too. I've heard every single one of them. This is just the first time I've said anything. <laughs> Listeners, if you want Ryan to turn over a new leaf and stop cracking his goddamn knuckles into the microphone, you should email him, damagecontrolpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, at number eight, uh, just to show that uh, I'm tapped into the zeitgeist and I know about the goings-ons, uh, this is where I have uh, uh, Jordan Peele's Us. Okay. Which I had heard of, but I had not watched the trailer yet. The trailer is, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. But I liked Get Out quite a bit, and obviously so did a lot of other people. Uh, and it was just surprising because here's Jordan Peele directing this horror movie that just has such uh, interesting like social ramifications. And uh, I'm curious to see what he does with, uh, with his next one. So anyway, us coming out in March. Awesome. My number nine is Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm not number nine, my number eight. Uh, but this is the the new entry in the I don't yeah. know what we're calling it the MonsterVerse or whatever. Yeah, who knows? It's you know the it's a sequel to the last Godzilla movie, but it's also you know the King the King Kong movie that we reviewed like the second episode that we ever did the podcast. It's Indeed. part of that world as well. This one looks really good. It's got Vera Farmiga. It's got what's her name who played uh, Millie Bobby Brown who plays Eleven in Stranger Things. The trailers have just looked incredible with like, you know, I mean, the music choices have been the thing that have been really awe-inspiring, but the visuals as well. I just really, I really like this universe. Uh, I get excited to see them. I don't mind that they're kind of dumb. Uh, I just think they're really fun and the uh, effects are really cool and all that stuff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. And also the one after this that's slated for, I think, two years from now is going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. Right, um, and that will be all kinds of fun, no doubt. Uh, I will talk about this in a moment when it appears on my list. At number seven, uh, this is where I have the Todd Phillips Joker movie. Okay, just because I think it's such a departure, it'll be interesting. 
An- another movie focused entirely on a villain, which is uh, not necessarily new, but cool. And, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, he's no scrub. He d- he's made some good movies in his day. Uh, and since, like, we just know so very little about this, and we know it's going to be pretty different, uh, and Bobby De Niro's in it, I mean, there's enough uh, intrigue here to warrant a spot at number seven. I- I'm curious. It comes out in October, so we have a ways to go. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese. This was supposed to come out last year, and it got delayed, and I don't believe it has a release date for 2019 yet. Uh, but I, that's be- I think it doesn't have a release date because it's a Netflix movie, and they're cagey. Uh, but it's a gangster movie. It's got Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and a huge cast of other really impressive people. Um, and uh, Scorsese hasn't made a gangster picture since The Departed, uh, which is one of his best movies ever. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does and also to see, you know, I think he's someone that usually has creative freedom, but to have the total creative control he'll have at Netflix, I think is really interesting. Uh, so yeah, Irishman is my number seven. Awesome. Number six, this is where I have Godzilla King of the Monsters and I won't go uh, into much detail about why, but in addition to what you just said, uh, but on the note of the trailers, the first trailer that came out for this, it, it might be like, in my estimation, one of the best trailers of all time. Mm, yeah. Because there's like this very, I don't know the song, but there's this very like, almost like Disney's Fantasia-like yep. song and it's beautiful. Um, I don't like the second trailer as much, but that's okay. But uh, I am looking forward to this. It'll be, uh, you know, I I, en- I enjoy the uh, the kaiju movies. I'm on board for them. Awesome. Uh, we're at six, right? Number six. Yes. No, my number six is Knives Out. Pardon me. <clears throat> this is the new movie written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Um, this is so. I know him. This is his follow up to Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And honestly, I don't really know what it's about. I think it's kind of a crime thriller, but I'm sort of staying away from any of the synopsis. But just listen to this pedigree here. Written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Stars Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson. When was the last time Don Johnson was in a movie? Also, Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Plummer comes out in November. All in for it, no matter what it is. Jeez. Uh, The last three people you mentioned, like... We're well o- over 400 combined years old there. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah, so. Uh, okay. He's a terrific filmmaker, so I'm always excited to see what he does. You got to imagine uh, that he was exhausted create- creatively uh, after Last Jedi. So I'd be curious to see what his first movie after it looks well, like. Well, but you also have to imagine that he's got all the juice, you know? Like, he can do whatever he wants after Star Wars The Last Jedi. He can make anything. What yeah. does he choose to make? Super right. interesting question. Yeah. Uh, at number five, because um, he's a character that will always be near and dear to my heart, this is where I have Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. uh, which comes out in July. At that point, we will have already seen Captain Marvel. We'll have seen Avengers Endgame. We'll be moving into kind of the last bit of this phase of the MCU. Uh, the, the last of the known projects, you know, other than uh, GOTG Volume 3, which obviously because of the stuff with James Gunn is um, less is known and the timeline is shaky there. But, you know, what's Marvel going to do next? Uh, I just And I also just really love Tom Holland as, as Spidey. And the Jake Gyllenhaal will be in this, and I'm a fan of his. I have a, a prediction about that movie, actually. 
Go on. Um, what what are we in right now in terms of phases? We're in phase four, right? Yeah, I think this is the tail end of phase four. I think that whatever way Avengers Endgame shakes out, um, when we look back on it, like in, I don't know, two or three years or whatever, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming will be the first film of phase five. Okay, that works. I think it's the beginning of the new stuff, not the tail end of the old stuff. Well, the way it's listed right now, if that matters at all, is the tail end of phase four, but whatever. Okay. We shall see. Indeed. Uh, my number, we're on five. five. Mine aren't numbered for some reason. My number five oh. is It Chapter Two. Mm. Uh, very excited to see the new It movie yeah. that comes out in September. It, you and I both like were in love with the first one when it came out two summers ago. Um, and I can't wait to see the next chapter. So, yeah, that's my number five. Awesome. I will talk about that momentarily. At number four, I debated where I was going to have Spider-Man Far From Home and where I was going to put Captain Marvel. Uh, I gave Captain Marvel a slight edge. I, I, I have been skeptical on the podcast because I am. I am skeptical. Um, I haven't been wowed by the trailers. Um, so we will see. I like the most recent one more than I like the one that came before it. Uh, but the reason why I have it at number four is because I know it's going to like... It's it's a necessary bridge between Infinity War and Endgame. So I don't think necessarily we'll have a lot of questions answered, but I think we'll have another uh, important piece of the puzzle. And even if I don't love the movie, I'm still anxious to, to, to see more of how they're going to handle that. So that's why it's at number four for me. Awesome. Uh, my number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new Quentin Tarantino movie, possibly Quentin Tarantino's last movie. Um, it's got a huge cast. I'm not even going to list them all here, but <clears throat> a lot of your favorites. Uh, it takes place in the late 1960s. It uh, is supposed to include the Manson murders in one way or another. At various times, it's been described as a movie about the Manson murders, and at other times, I've heard that it just kind of includes it, so I don't really know. Um, but it's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it's Hollywood. He's a huge cinephile, so... Uh, and, and the the late sixties and seventies are like sort of a favorite time for cinephiles. So the fact that he's making a movie that's set during that period, uh, very exciting. Can't wait to see it. Um, always down for a new Quentin Tarantino movie. Although I haven't been as in love with the last three or four. Um, I liked Inglorious Bastards quite a bit, but I wasn't as big a fan of Django or the hateful eight. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but got to put a Tarantino on my list. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you can keep talking. I'm scrolling to get to where I want to be so I can have relevant things to share for my number three, which you've already talked about, but you're not talking Hold right on. now. Hold on. So here, so I'll list. Actually here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Margot Robbie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Dakota Fanning, Kurt Russell, Al Pacino, Timothy Oliphant, Emile Hirsch. The movie, the list just goes on good. and on. Tim Roth, good. yeah. That was great. Okay, at number three, this is where I have It Chapter 2, um, which, I mean, I, I, that was my biggest surprise uh, of 2017, I guess, was that I loved It. And it, if you weren't here for that, that saga as I – came as i was very honest about my my uh hesitation with horror movies and how i went through the hashtag crush kill destroy your fears uh experiment to ready my mind and my butt for it 
and I was finally I was ready, and it turned out to be one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, my number one favorite movie of the year, I do believe. So uh, I am really excited about the sequel, and I'm excited about the new additions, the the uh, the adults versions of the kids. Uh, among them, J- uh, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, and Bill Hader. Those are those are people I, I like quite a bit. So. Um, so you know, at least people that I think are talented. So I'm I'm just very curious to see what this looks like, more than anything. So that is number three for me. Yeah, awesome. Uh, number three for me is Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, Get Out was so good. I just had to see anything that he does next, and then that trailer dropped right around the New Year. I think it was on New Year's Day actually. Uh, and I think it looks incredible. It looks really, really good. It's, he's got a really good cast going in that movie. I always want to see what Lupita Nyong'o does. So yeah, all in, all in for us. Can't wait. Yeah, and uh, the 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 father, Winston Duke Mbaku himself. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I hadn't made that connection, but you're right. Very cool. Indeed. All right. This is. It all comes down to these final two. What order will they appear in? <clears throat> should surprise you in no way number two this is where i have star wars episode nine mm-hmm. which comes out in december so we have a almost the whole year to go before we get to see this uh after the dis- disappointment of solo a star wars story and the mixed reception for last jedi not from us not from us because we both liked it um i i just i'm yes this is i mean this is the end this is supposed to be as discussed the end of the the skywalker saga so we'll see how it plays out uh curious to see how how jj um kind of continues on with what uh, ryan johnson did and you know obviously where we left it uh didn't leave a great taste in a lot of like traditional fans mouths not that i care um but yeah just curious to see how they bring this to a close Pretty cool. I'll talk more about that mm-hmm. in a minute. Um, okay. My number two most anticipated movie of the year is Glass. Um, like, I don't care what the early reactions are, early reviews. I don't care that there's mixed stuff. I don't give a shit. I want to see that movie. I am hyped to see that movie. I um, hold out hope that I will love that movie. Uh, the experience of seeing Split in the theater after pining away for <laughs> a breakable sequel for like two decades... And then not even knowing I was watching it until the very end. Ugh, it was just such an incredible experience. Gotta see Glass. Gotta see it. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that. Uh, mm, okay. Well, I have a feeling that my number one isn't even in your on your list, which I, that doesn't make sense. I told you I wasn't going to put the Marvel movies on my list so I could talk about other oh, stuff. Oh, that's true. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, like Spider Man, Captain Marvel, and Avengers Endgame. One hundred percent. I'm super anticipating seeing those, but I knew okay. those would be on John, so I thought I right. would take them okay. out and put room for other stuff. Yeah, like movies, none of it, like Little Women. <laughs> you took out, you took out Thanos, <coughs> Little Women. Hey. At number one with a bullet, I have Avengers Endgame. Uh, I, I just, I also, I love the mystery. You know, this is probably one and at this point. It's January. This movie is coming out in April. Uh, we have all the marketing build up right now for Captain Marvel, which means we're probably going to get very little. It seems like anyway, very little marketing build up for Avengers Endgame, which means this is uh, among the most like clouded and mystery uh, MCU projects ever. Uh, and 
and because there's only so and i've i've read something recently that among what they show in the trailers that do come out are only going to feature um clips from the first 20 minutes of the film that is what i read that is from the internet very little on the internet is true what was the source on the internet i don't remember it's (laughs) cloudy it was on Brazzers.com. I'm just kidding. That is like the equivalent of Donald Trump's people are saying, and really you just made it up in your head yeah. what you want. No, I mean, I definitely did see that. Uh, I'm going to say it was probably off of ComicBookResources.com. Oh. Um, that is where – and that's a reputable comic book site. Um, yeah, so I, I would love that to be true. Um, but just since Infinity War wrapped and it was like, man, where do we go from here? Uh, and we got that first teaser trailer after waiting so long. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to overhype it, but this is like the culmination of uh, what ten years, eleven years, eleven years of buildup. So pretty excited. Awesome. Uh, my number one and most anticipated movie of the year is Star Wars Episode Nine. Star Wars. You still there, buddy? Yeah, I said oh. Star Wars. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yes, uh, super excited to see this. Uh, I really loved. I've, I like the new Star Wars movies have awakened in me a a love of the Star Wars franchise that I didn't yeah. have before. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't dislike the original Star Wars trilogy. I thought it was very good. I did not like the prequel trilogy at all. Um, no, no, who does? Yeah, I mean, some people do. They have their defenders. Apologists. Um, Apologists. <laughs> uh, but The Force Awakens, I thought, was tremendous. It was so much mm-hmm. fun. It was fun seeing my dad get excited about Star Wars with that movie. And then I thought The Last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie we've had. I said that right after we got out, and I have stuck with it, even after multiple rewatchings. Um, it's just a really, really incredible yeah. film. Uh, and and the fact that they're bringing JJ back to do the end, I think uh, aside from the fact that I think he's a talented filmmaker, I think it's a big challenge for him personally to do the close the, the closure of a franchise as opposed to the opener. Um, he has traditionally been a filmmaker who's very good at setting up mysteries for us, um, mm-hmm. and this will f- by definition force him to uh, bring closure. Uh, to a franchise that he began and I'm really excited to see what he does with it I do think he's equal to the task um, so yeah can't wait and I love that it's coming out at Christmas I think I think if like if they had just let Solo come out at Christmas time instead of in May the reaction might have been all different because Star Wars just needs to come out at Christmas it just feels right so yeah I can support that viewpoint yeah you got any honorable mentions John I do. Uh, I have some titles that you would expect. Shazam <coughs> oh, looks to yeah. be one, one of the more fun DC movies we're going to get. Yeah. Coming off the reasonable success of Aquaman. Of course, I, I'm not in love with Aquaman. I like mean, so many people seem to be. Yes, and it is like gangbusters at the box office. It's, it's doing uh, making well. a massive amount of money. Yeah. It made has made more than Wonder Woman at this point, which is a little depressing. Are we sure? Okay, last time I checked, it hadn't. But okay, your your news yeah, I'll, is. Uh, I'll double check while you. Okay. You keep talking. Uh, I also have Dark Phoenix. I'll be honest. Uh, it, there's no way it was going to make my top ten. Um, the the new X Men movies have been a mixed bag. Uh, they started out on a really high note um, with First Class, and then from there it's just been kind of iffy. Uh, and the last one was garbage. So, and Dark Phoenix has been 
kind of a troubled production as well. And, you know, it could be the end of whatever we're getting from Fox. So Is Dark Phoenix the one that looks like a horror movie? No, that's New Mutants. We already talked about this. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman has made more domestically than Aquaman. Aquaman has made more globally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. People love those underwater sea creatures. (laughs) The underwater Star Wars prequels. Um, So, yeah, Dark Phoenix... Zombieland 2, big fan of the first one. Don't know anything about the second one except that it's coming out, so that's exciting. Do you think Zombieland 2 will have as like surprising and meaningful a cameo as the first Zombieland? <laughs> uh, hard to top that. Hard to top so that. So do you think they even attempt, or do they just not even like give that a shot? Yeah, my guess is they're probably going to shoehorn <laughs> something in just to pay homage to the first one. Okay. What if it's the same cameo? It makes no sense, but what if? <laughs> well, I'm always happy to see him in a movie. So, Or what if it's that person's brother? That would be underwhelming because most people wouldn't immediately recognize him as his yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then finally, I have Hellboy. Uh, we did – We, you and I both went back and watched Hellboy within the last year it, it, for the it one, was like, one and two. Yeah, it was like this time last year we did it. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, one is good, two is terrible, in my estimation. I would agree. Um, we're getting uh, a different lead here because we're getting David Harbour from Stranger Things. And I did not like the trailer. I'm going to be honest. I was not impressed by the trailer. Hmm. So we we will see. All right. Uh, my honorable mentions are Joker, the the yeah. the what's his name Phillips Phillips. yeah 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 Yeah. um also captive state uh that's the new movie from rupert wyatt who directed rise of the planet of the apes um he didn't do the last two in that that franchise uh but he did the first one and this is like an alien invasion mix looks a little bit like invasion of the body snatchers kind of movie it looks really cool i think i'm looking forward to it and then gotta put it on my list as an honorable mention what Men Want, starring Taraji P. Henson. <laughs> Odds are going to end up on one of those worst movies of the list. Because she spells a doom for any project that she's in. They are trying so hard to make her a movie star. like They really are. Yeah. And she's super talented. She's a great actress. They just She just quite hasn't quite found the right project yet, other than Hidden Figures, which she was very good in. Um, sure. And, of course, uh, the movie that made me fall in love with her. Um, hustle and flow. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay, cool. Um, do you, if since you forgot, Toy Story Four was coming out yeah, this year. That if, if you be, were to, yeah. Okay, so it would make it. Where, where do you think it would show up in your top? 10? Probably an honorable mention because I kind of okay. don't want it to exist. Like I will see it. And I'm always happy to see you know a Toy Story movie, but True. Toy Story Three is just so perfect. That I don't, I don't know what uh, what other story there is to tell with these characters, and so it makes me nervous that they're trying it. Okay, do you have anything below honorable mention, like something that's like okay, you wouldn't necessarily say that you're like anticipating it, but you're just mildly curious. Like this, this is where I have Pokemon Detective oh, Pikachu. Oh, that yeah, I am. That that looks like the Happy Time I'm Murders curious. of 2019. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that could be true, which is not good because that was awful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to see that though. I think that looks like fun. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. You- I'm sorry. Oh, I would put ahead. both New Mutants and Dark Phoenix there. 
Um, because I thought the trailer I saw for New Mutants looked cool, and I'm interested to see a horror film set in that world. And yeah. then Dark Phoenix stars, um, what's her name, who plays Sansa on Game of Thrones, and so I'm curious to see what she does in a movie like that. So sure. Um, yeah, I, and- I'm surprised you didn't me- mention John Wick Chapter Three at all. Don't you like those movies? Oh yeah, I'm excited about John Wick Chapter Three. Yeah. Were you just not looking at no, comprehensive I, lists? I of did. I looked at a bunch out? of lists, but I was, you know, I've been sick for the last month, and I made this list like two weeks ago. So, oh well. If you just procrastinated like I had, you'd be better prepared. <laughs> Funny how that plays I out. I should have done some research this morning, but I was busy playing Red Dead Redemption. So, Do you have any movies that you're least looking forward to? Like Angry Birds 2. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't prepare for what am I least looking forward to. No, uh, I did have some confusion because one of the lists I was looking at uh, has you know these like composite images are on it or whatever, and there was a, a picture of Gal Gadot. I'm always going to pronounce her name the incorrect way because that is what I'm comfortable with. Uh, Wonder Woman uh, 1984 is not coming out until 2020. Otherwise, it would have been very high up on my list. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Cool. We're, we're, we're getting another Kingsman movie in 2019. Oh, Can't God. wait for that. That's on my don't want to, don't give a shit list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been our favorite movies of 2018 our biggest surprises and disappointments of 2018 and our most anticipated of 2019 uh what's coming next another episode of the damage control podcast coming next week i have no idea what the topics will be i'm assuming we will talk about glass at least a little bit um but uh i don't know what the rest of that episode will be our opening theme song is kaiju by tribe one you can check him out on twitter at tribe one one that's tribe o-n-e-w-o-n and you can listen to his music at tribe one.bandcamp.com and with some final thoughts briefly here's john i'd mentioned for christmas ryan that i had gotten a uh, google home mini yeah one of those assistant type things uh well uh, you know, a couple weeks into using it, I have also added to the list of things that it can control because I purchased whilst I was at Costco before my harrowing return journey. I purchased a smart bulb Ooh. Uh, that goes in a lamp in my living room. And I've decided that, yes, I guess it makes my life mildly more convenient, but mostly it's just there because I'm an idiot and it's fun to tell Google to turn my light to blue and to pink and to purple. <laughs> Into green, into red, oh. into orange, into all the colors of the rainbow. When you uh, when you invite a lady over, you could turn it to like uh, like a dim red and have like some like makeout lighting. Yeah, it's, it's, it would just be better if like I I programmed the command to be something really reprehensible. Like, hey Google, set the living room lights for six. <laughs> and, uh, but I have to say it like that. Excellent. That would be fun. Yeah. After the earth-shattering conclusion, once justice is served, when at the last possible moment the world is again saved from the very brink of destruction, we'll be here to pick up the pieces. He's John. I'm Ryan. This has been the Damage Control Podcast. Thanks for listening. Game over, man. It's game over. Fourth of July.